Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up, the TV Pilot Review Podcast. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here, as always, with my good friend, former roommate and co-host, Rich. Second half of the stream team coming at you here on some foreign soil. That's right. We are, we're not in home field right now. We're actually at the uh, lovely abode of friend of the show and personal friend, Rudy Mendoza. And future guest. We were just talking about that before. Uh, until then, do you want to say hi? I mean, say hi. Hi, my name is Rudy. Uh, for you dedicated listeners, you actually might recognize what a that tease. man. Yeah, I know, right? Recognize that man. He is involved in one of the other shows on the Arcade Audio Network. He's the he's the creator of our father. That is right. Um, and we just uh, ended up recording. Uh, I mean, uh, going over some of the found recordings. That's right. Uh, that we uh, happen to get for that, but that's archiving, not yeah, archiving, exactly. and ex- inspecting the uh, the feed. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, before we give away too much of that, uh, Robert, what you been watching, man? Hey, buddy. Uh, well, it's been a lighter week for me, for sure. Um, a couple episodes ago, I was coming down on Marin season three because mm-hmm. I thought it was really taking some steps backward and retreading. You know, the kind of like I don't know, just sort of played out concepts yeah. with Mark Marin. But I gave it another shot and watch another two, three episodes of that, and I actually did enjoy them more. Okay. Uh, there's an episode in particular where Mark's niece comes to visit, and it's kind of a... And she's a really big fan of this YouTube personality, so it's a pretty good sort of uh, inspection of Mark confronting these these talentless content oh, creators. Oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really Vine fun. Vine stars? Exactly. Get Mark Maron in the room with Vine stars. Oh, man, he goes off, but... Th- <laughs> It was it was a really good episode, so I was happy with that one. Cool. Um, cool. A good friend of mine, uh, Ross Cotton, he uh, recently hooked me up with a Hulu account uh, or oh, some credentials. Nice. And that's opened up a, a wave of new media. I'm sure. I'm going to be finishing Fargo now. Yeah, dog. Because uh, actually, I really much wanted to, but I didn't really have access to it yeah. anyway other than legitimately purchasing yeah. it. Um, there's also a show on Hulu, like an original Hulu show with Billy Eichner, who I don't know if you're a fan of him. I don't know if you know who he is. Nope. Um, he was on the last couple seasons of Parks and Rec. He does Billy on the Street on IFC. Um, he's maybe not for everybody, but there's a show that he has on that, uh, on Hulu with, I think it's Julie Klausner. I don't know if that's who it is, but apparently it's really, really good. Cool. Um, that I wanted to take a look at, but. Now you can for me. Who did he play on Parks and Rec? He played uh, someone that worked in the Eagleton Parks and Rec department. And spoilers uh, for a over show, but <clears throat> there was uh, a storyline where they had to merge the two towns to save the cities because mm-hmm. Eagleton was bankrupt. Right. Um, and so he played Craig. Um, <clears throat> just a Parks and Rec worker. Okay, cool. For Eagleton. Eagleton was like a highfalutin, like really fancy. Instead of uh, water fountains, they had like champagne fountains oh. and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the one percenters to yes. Pawnee. Yeah, space. Yeah. Cool. Um, and he was just great on that. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, it's been a pr- pretty light week for me, to be honest. Uh, watch the... The shows actually for this week, so we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah. But how about you, man? What you been watching? I've uh, been pretty late as far as um, any sort of like new stuff. Been keeping up with stuff. Oh, dude, 
talked about season season one, season two of Lucha Underground uh, started this past uh, this past week, and it it is even more like visually appealing than before. Uh, some of the actual like directing on the wrestling matches uh, I was less enthralled with, but all of the 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 scenes. And there are real scenes mm-hmm. in between that are building everything together, and they're building. There's heaps of story this year. Um, were gorgeous. Nice. The entire opening sequence, it looks like a, a movie, and they hire actors and everything. And it's fucking phenomenal. Again, even if you're not into wrestling at all, seek out Lucha Underground. It's on the El Rey Network, and you can probably find it um, through uh, maybe Hulu. I know you can get El Rey on Sling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of different ways to, to acquire it. Um, it's fucking phenomenal. It is. It was a very fun time. And it did it. it you know, all those you know, the, the cuts to the scenes and the storytelling between the matches that I saw was never jarring. You know, it was yeah. always really natural to get some backstory and then head right into yeah. a match. It's, it's, it's baffling that this is the first time it's ever being fucking done this way. Yep. But that's for another show. Another show. Uh, I've also gotten really into uh, this FX show that I didn't even know was a thing until I was like perusing Rotten Tomatoes and I saw the show was like in the high 90s. And I looked it up and I know, you know, some of the people involved with it, not personally, but uh, they were familiar names. And uh, I was shocked that I hadn't heard of it. It's an FX show called Man Seeking Woman. Have you heard of the show at all? Only recently as well. Yeah. Uh, just from, I think like an article mentioned it that I was reading. Yeah. Uh, it stars Jay Barrichell and Eric Andre. Um, and it's created by uh, this guy, Simon Rich. And he was like one of the youngest writers on SNL or something like that. And he's written a few like books. And like, it's a very relationshipy. Um, concept, mm-hmm. as you would imagine, with the title being "Man Seeking Woman," and normally, whenever like you know, it's uh, someone who's like, "Oh, the youngest writer on SNL," I'd like be like, "Hate, hate, hating," because like, fuck that kid. He probably didn't deserve it. Probably did something to like fucking flash in the pan, and here he is. But like, sure, the show's really good. Neat. Um, it's a very it's a it's a it's a show about relationships. It's a sitcom about relationships. And the, but the best way I could describe it and what makes it completely unique is I would best describe it as Master of None meets Rick and Morty. Oh, wow. It's insane. Like, Is there some reality-bending conceit like in it? All sorts. All sorts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's... Because it'll do the... It'll, go into things that you think are like sort of fantasy sequences, but they're then woven into the reality of the episode and it's no, there's no bones about it that that actually happened. Nice. And this is just what it is. And it's great. It's, it's at first it's like, all right, that's super ballsy. And then they learn how to like really work it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, into the fabric of the show. And I, so I devoured the entire first season. Um, and the first season ends with this huge, like, very Rick and Morty-esque, like, time-bending narrative. Um, 
And then I've watched the, I'm up to, I'm into three of the first four episodes of the second season because it just came back. Okay. And that's their current season. Now? Yeah. And, uh, and it hasn't been as good, um, but there was a little thing. Uh, there was like just a piece, it was like uh, some set dressing, like a, a sticker on a, on a lamppost that helped you, that like solidified that that shit still happened. Okay. Like this is the new, you know, like we're still, it's very, it's very um. Rick and Morty. I don't know other, any other way to put it other than it's like live action and it still has like the heart and like real human interaction elements of it. Um, and there was a, uh, one particular episode in the first season um, where it focused on Jay Baruchel, uh, whose character's name is uh, Josh, uh, his sister's uh, relationship. Because like the whole series, she's in like a super strong relationship. But this episode is called Woman Seeking Man. And it's great just from her perspective. And it's it's maybe my favorite episode of the first season. Um, it's fucking fantastic. I highly suggest the first season, hands down. And then the second season, hopefully, it starts to pick up. It's still good. Mm-hmm. It's just not nearly as good as the first. Um, but it's still super, super good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I was so... you. It takes like some adjusting. Some like legitimate... like It throws you off. Yeah. From what you're used to watching. You know, this is not as big of a, a, a change, you know, not as Rick and Morty-esque, but I really loved in BoJack the reality that they made where it's just animals and human beings are coexisting, yeah. you know? And again, it, we're in a very cool time where storytellers are just using this, you know, all this creativity and not being stopped by whether it seems crazy or not, you know? Well, and I feel like what... uh the thing that they're doing right about that, which maybe some other creative teams wouldn't, is that they're not calling it out as like, well, this is crazy. It's just, this is what we're doing. Yep. And the show, it wouldn't be as interesting of an animated show if it was just all humans. Because mm-hmm. then you could just do that in live action. Yep. There's no reason to not. There are several versions of that show. Mm-hmm. But you can play with, certain other elements and jokes when you incorporate animals into it there yeah kind of there's only i don't know if you watched did you watch all the second season yeah, of bojack yeah. yeah there's the the one episode where they actually do address is like uh with this this chicken that goes on the run from like a farm yeah. they actually kind of address like well we're all animals but like do we eat certain other animals yeah and things like that they like take it head on it's yeah. great um that's the cool thing cool. about uh man seeking woman is like, you know, because it is like on a budget, you know, because it is just a an FX single camera relationship show. So there's a lot of like practical effects, a lot of like in the room visual effects. It's really cool, man. It's really cool. That's great. Yeah. Again, I think FX is just sort of marching on as probably the current, you know, the top of the leaderboard as far as sure. just like a, a network, you know, past and present. And I can't imagine that the ratings are particularly good for the show because, like I said, I hadn't even heard about it. Right? Uh, like, no marketing reached me or anything. I just had to find it the uh, the hard way. Yeah. I was gonna say the old fashioned way, but no, marketing is the old fashioned way. Yeah, the hard way. Um, that's all I got for what I watched. Um, and it sounds like you too. So while we're talking about the old fashioned way, oh yeah, 
why don't we just get to the show that we had this week? Let's do it. Uh, this week's pick was was uh, my pick, and I chose it just to get us a little bit of variety, really sort of throw it back. This, yeah. this is definitely our oldest show, and it's a classic. It's kind of, I mean, this is one of the most iconic, iconic TV shows ever. And what I chose was I Love Lucy. Uh, Rich was good enough to go digging around and finding a pilot episode. And if you listened to last week's Elevator Pitch episode, you know that Rich found both the aired first episode, season one, episode one, but also the recently, well, 20 years ago, rediscovered unaired pilot of I Love Lucy. So Rich and I were presented with two episodes, and basically we watched both of them. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that... I know. I'm glad I did. Yes, I would totally agree. Um, because there's, I, th- I think that there's, it reveals a lot about the process. Yeah. That we don't see normally. Because even when we do see like a pilot, it's usually because it's a pretty promising show that has a pedigree and it'll probably like get ordered to series basically as is. Sometimes you do see a few instances where. They recast some parts or something like that. But for yeah. the most part, everything's usually as is. Yeah, it's pretty set. You don't see a ton of changes between pilot and, and like you said, what what gets ordered. Yeah. Um, I was really, you know, to add on to that, I was surprised to see how many of those same elements you could retain. Yeah. But have a different, kind of a different show just by sort of changing the tone and the approach that the creators and actors were we're going towards it with. So just to kind of get an idea of the timeline here, um, this the unaired episode um, was shot. Uh, I, I can't believe I actually like found a whole like wiki on it too. Cool. It was shot like March second, nineteen fifty one, uh, and it was sold to CBS in the summer of fifty one. And the and the first episode that actually made air uh, aired sometime in like September of nineteen fifty one. So that's kind of like the timeline that we're that we're looking at here. Gotcha. Um, so you want to just talk about the the unaired pilot first? Yeah, let's start with that one. Cool. So um, unaired pilot ran about thirty five minutes, yeah. which was longer than what the the series and the episodes and what the aired pilot would run. What um, a traditional sitcom is. Yeah. 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 So this one, uh, and again, this was this was something that was rediscovered in the early nineties and restored to a certain degree, and aired. So we get introduced to two main characters, uh, Lucy Ricardo and Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. You know, played by, of course, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Desi is, they don't say in the pilot what city it's taking place in, but it's probably New York or something like that. It starts out with a narrator. Yes, it does. It starts out with a narrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it does that really cool and weird. I don't know. I didn't know exactly what to make of it. It was a cool thing that they tried. Yeah, it's, it's almost Mr. Rogers-esque. Yeah. You want to describe it? Where uh, it starts out like an establishing shot of the city. Mm-hmm. And then it like, you know, focuses in on a, a particular apartment building. And the narrator's like, in this seventh floor apartment. And there's a hand that comes into the frame that like reaches for a window and go. And then the narrator's like, no, not that apartment. To the left or whatever. And then he like takes the wall off the apartment. Mm-hmm. And then we're in the set. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. It, it was. was cool. It was really cool. I mean, it was. 
it didn't throw me off that bad, but I was like, I was not expecting It was that. very teleplay-ish. Like, yeah. if you watch, like, it seems like something that, and I don't believe it was in, but the only, like, frame of reference I have for, like, a teleplay is the old, probably the same year, fuck, I don't know, um, like, the old uh, uh, staging of Peter Pan with Mary Martin. Um okay that they you know it was a teleplay they did it for television but it was a play and like it seemed like that was a sort of device that they used or something i don't know yeah they had this ambition to go from such a large uh establishing shot such a wide establishing yeah. shot into a living room and i was like well how are we gonna do this well let's just <laughs> we'll use a scale building pull it away and then we're inside anyways very very cool uh, again the narration sort of introduces us more and more and Ricky is uh, a band leader, a nightclub yeah. band leader. And Lucy is his wife. Yeah. And this is all being established through more narration. More narration. Like you go into the apartment yep. and like Ricky wakes up and it's like, at this point, it's reminding me like one of those old like Mickey Mouse cartoons. Uh-huh. Uh, or like better yet, like one of those Donald Duck cartoons where it was like sort of instructional. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, and so it like introduces Ricky and then he goes to the shower and then it introduces and Ricky's a morning person and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then he goes in the shower and then Lucy wakes up. She's not. Right. And then some, um, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, after that drops off the narration. Yeah. yeah there's we, no more, which is, um, no. Well, okay. Wait a minute. The title card in front was that, um, the title card that ran in front of the unaired pilot. Yeah. Did they say that they got the narrator to run that, like, just for that? I think or was so, he recreating what he had already done? It sounded like he, like, they still had some of the original uh, uh, audio, mm -hmm. but then, like, they had to get him in to do the rest because I think they lost a lot of that. Okay. And, like, the original, like, recording of this was actually, like, completely destroyed and, like, lost. Mm -hmm. And they thought it was, like, lost forever. Well, I... I'll get to the story of how it got found later. Cool. Um, but yeah, so it starts out, uh, and it's a lot of just husband and wifey stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you get introduced to like what the premise of not just the episode, but what it'll be like a, a reoccurring theme throughout the entire show is Lucy trying to get on Ricky's show. Yep, they're dynamic. You know? Yeah, uh, that is Ricky is always trying to sort of just go about his. Kind of about his life and, you know, successfully conduct a band. And, and she about this life. No way. Lucy does not want to be the stay-at-home wife. She does not just want to sit around and, and be domesticated. She wants to get involved. You yeah. know, she, she sees herself as, if not a star, a performer. Yeah. And she wants to get out there. Uh, also, another thing about those, like, very early scenes uh, that were also, that reminded me of them being um, car very cartoon-styled. Was there was like a musical score to them as well, yeah, which was again something that's just jarring when you're not used to seeing it. But like, I imagine it was a a, a, reg, a regular thing, yeah, uh, for them. Um, but yeah, go ahead. well, just as the story, I mean, as the story goes on, we we understand that uh, tonight's a big night for Ricky. There's going to be some sort of TV show producer is going to come see the show. So it's a real big night. And Ricky is really trying to do his best to get Lucy occupied. Uh, the, there's an attorney that comes to the door with a sort of like a, a need for them to fill. And so Ricky sort of schemes a way to get Lucy to occupy herself. There's some pretty cool things about like that whole setup uh, that I just kind of ended up 
I find myself uh, like cocking my head to the side, going like, I wonder if that was intentional or not. Like, the whole premise of this episode is very meta. When you think like basically what Ricky's doing is he's putting on a pilot episode for sponsors. Yeah. Because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put on like a big night to uh, have a show so they can have a show and attract sponsors. Right. Which is crazy. Because that's what... That's what they're doing. What they were doing in real life. And then there's the other part where Lucy's just straight up shitting on the whole process of like sponsorships. Yep. Where she's like, yeah, you just get a, a, a beautiful woman to, to drink it, smoke it. Uh, ride it or you know fuck it whatever yeah yeah <laughs> that didn't great you know and it's just like crazy yeah it's interesting like I, I gotta imagine that that was on purpose yeah of just like trying to get some sort of like subversive things in there yeah because they're like these fucking suits aren't gonna know that we're shitting on them to their face yeah also i mean i don't i'm not super well versed and i'm sure we'll get into some more history again in just a, a little bit but like this was not lucille ball's first fucking rodeo no, i mean she had God been no. a film star like a b-level film star for a while and i'm not quite sure how this was thought of whether this was a step forward or step back but like you know she's not going into this as like a, a noob okay this is yeah. like a veteran performer finally, and here they are finally getting her like Big at bat. Um, same thing with Desi, man. I mean, well, not as far as a performer, but he was like, you know, in the background, he was, he was oh, well yeah. versed in show business. Oh, yes. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the, and one of the biggest differences that I think we'll see, and what I really wanted to bring up is Lucy kind of still approaches this. I feel like this pilot would have been like they've been married for like less than five years. Yeah. Because there's an eagerness and a kind of a friendliness to Lucy that I don't think we see in the next pilot. Absolutely. And, and they actually put a number on it in, in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's true. And there's like that establishing of like what Ricky wants mm -hmm. from a wife. Yeah. Is uh, he wants to go to work. Uh, he wants to have his pipe when he gets home, yep. dinner on the table, and for her to take care of his kids. Yeah. Which is all like so... You know, it's of the time, uh -huh. and it, and the fact that it's knowingly clashing with that mm -hmm. is cool, and again, very subversive. Yeah, um, there are. I mean, and it's it's interesting because this is an iconic show, and a lot of people still like look up to the show and look back to the show. Um, and some of this shit definitely stays funny, mm -hmm. but like some of it's just some of it. It's impossible for it to hold up. Yeah, that was the other the other big noticeable thing, which I think is what you're headed toward, was the other the, the most what the fuck thing in this pilot, of just like Lucy kind of being like pretty racist towards her own hus husband. Well, no, no, just the clown, the clown. Well, all right, we'll get to Pepito in a moment. Okay, Pepito <laughs> is it threw me for a loop, uh, <laughs> but like you know, there's it's not necessarily her being maliciously racist, but she like pokes fun at Desi's accent. Uh -huh. Like, there's a lot of jokes at his expense for being an immigrant and not speaking the language. I didn't really notice any of that. There are. Mm, I, I I think there's very little. I, I don't really see... I didn't really notice much of that at all. I, I mean, just the fact that, that we have a white woman married to a Latino man is pretty progressive. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, I think... Sure. But, like, I'm saying, like, now that shit wouldn't fly. Then, it's part of the shtick. It's part of the act, you know? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so the whole thing with Pepito <laughs> is yeah. So part of uh, of Ricky's uh, show, pilot, yeah, yeah he's his, putting on is is this this clown act <laughs> that he has in the middle of it. Yeah, it's like oh, you know what'll definitely get us yeah a fucking TV deal a clown a clown, and I'm talking like an old school uncomfortable like thrift shop painting clown like it's yeah. real oh just a, a disturbing type clown it was sc- like i don't have a thi- like a fear of clowns i don't have a thing against clowns but watching pepito i just said to myself i think out loud too, it was like i get it now yeah i get it oh this yeah. is kind of terrifying very weird, and also like, oh, I don't know. So very weird, and he's he's instrumental so much in that when he is inadvertently injured a few times, that's what presents Lucy the opportunity to sort of come in to the show and yeah. fuck around. Well, because he got injured, and Desi's like, "Hey, uh, go rest at my place." He got injured during rehearsal. He's like, "Go yes. rest at my place during the day." Lucy's out running this errand that's supposedly going to take forever. Um, Go rest. It'll be fine. Uh, Lucy gets home, lies on the bed next to, unknowingly next to Pepito, scares the shit out of her, rightfully fucking so. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she, <laughs> because she then puts together that something happened to the guy, uh, and this is her shot, if she can fucking off Pepito, which, like, she, you don't see him again for, like, to the, after, when they get back after home. After his injury? Yeah. She murdered Pepito. She murdered him in the kitchen. Yeah. This is this is real show business. Yeah. She sent Cut him throat. biking through a fucking wall of a seventh <laughs> story apartment and murdered that clown. Yep. Uh so that gives her her opening to be on on the show. Yeah. Uh which takes place at Ricky's club. Uh and uh and it's like what happens then is is really like one of my favorite parts just because you finally get to see like the nugget and the dynamic of like what it is. That's the spark. Yes. Of them two performing together. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking great. Yeah. It's kind of like you see the, the sort of the butting heads or the, the squabbling at home and then the chemistry on stage. Yeah. You know, where they, they both shine, you know, as in their respective uh, areas of expertise and also like together. And and as great as, as Lucy was in that episode, just playing, you know, this... She was hilarious. Yeah. Like, Desi's straight work in that was over the moon. Yeah. It's fantastic. Definitely not, uh, not to be overlooked. And there was a moment, too, where they just... I forget what it is that Lucy says, but they just, like, start breaking character. Yes. <laughs> and I just find it so fucking lovable and like of course that's still in there because you could also see and tell just by like the rest of the setting of the show just like how fucking cheap and thrown together it was because i can imagine back then it's like it's a pilot we're not gonna put too much money into a pilot fucking throw up some walls and let's see if there's anything worth actually sticking money into on this Mm -hmm. and so that's what they did uh and it's like we're not gonna retake anything because that's gonna cost money so just don't fuck it up. Yeah. And uh and like they start breaking and it's and it's so fucking adorable. It and is. And heartwarming. It's great. I love that moment 
so much. It is. They're looking like right at each other. They kind of go into profile to almost a high, you know, they're like looking at each yeah. other, but also sort of hiding almost the their camera. faces a little bit. And they're like, and that I do recall. Desi's like, you're making fun of my accent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So true. You know, again, just the, like you said, almost the nugget, the, the very, just the golden spot of this show, you yeah. know, seeing moments like that. Uh, yeah. Who would be your um, Who would be your LVP of this episode? There L- weren't a lot of characters. No, there were not. Unless you're gonna pick like the fucking trombonist in the band, right? <laughs> Although and, I know who mine is, though. Uh, is it not someone who I think it is? Is it someone different? Uh, it's. I, it sounds like yours would probably be Pepito. Yeah, I mean, just Pepito. Okay, so again, to me, Pepito is just a device. Is just like this is the slot that's gonna fall through for Lucy to be there. Yeah, and he could still be a clown, and he could still do whatever. But there was a very unnecessarily just rapey, weird vibe to this yeah. dude. And again, maybe that's a times thing, but it's just uncomfortable. Well, and he got to do like his whole act. Right. <laughs> so that does make me think for a little bit, maybe they were so, it, they were really like sort of hedging their bets. It's like, let's put, let's put a little music in here. Let's put like, let because yeah. Desi does a song. Let's put a clown. In. It's like, they're almost, they were confident in what they had. But they still wanted to be like, all right, we're going to do everything. Like, I'm Look, surprised I didn't see, like, a dog. If CBS you know. likes that clown, we'll give that clown a show. Exactly. Um, but um, So, yeah, probably. Who was yours? Because, like, the clown, like, Pepito still did, like, some impressive clowning. Yeah, he was great. Like, riding that little bike, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was still, like, old school clowning, which is, it was, it's, Sure, it's an art. It's weird. It's a weird art. It's a. If it's your a fucking fuck. kids ever tell you they want to go to like clown college or whatever, like just associate yourself all, with them. It's weird. All the good parts of that, like all the skill, can be found in other, in other sort of arts, and all the things that innately make clowning clowning are all the uncomfortable things, <laughs> like the face paint and the identity. Yeah, like the things that make clowning clowning are the worst parts. Like if you just want to. You can be a magician, a dancer, an acrobat, an acrobat, a stand-up, a like s- yeah, anything that is good about clowns. Like there's somebody else just focusing on that and not scaring people. <laughs> Do you have like a thing with clowns? Do no, you? no, but it just I don't. It's, it's just, just not right. It's unnatural. It 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 just was such a stark reminder that like there are traditional clowns. And it's just like and how against ew. God it is. Just weird. I like I said, like Papito could have still done, could have rode his tiny bicycle and everything, um, but just not creeped everyone. He was kind of like effeminate too. Very effeminate. Which was, you know, I don't know if I don't know if that's something of the times. Like, oh, look at this fairy type, <laughs> another layer of you know, yeah, comedy in quotes, but just weird. Yeah, the. The mugging of the faces too. That 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 was the part that like really like set me very. Yeah. Give me the well, he do, he imitates like a crunch. Like he's like he does. Oh god, one- the baby thing. Oh god, I forgot about that. He does. He does like oh. two routines. He does two routines, oh, primarily, which he uses one prop to to imitate a crying baby, oh. and it's like, it's gross. It's fucking, and it goes on for like. Two minutes. Yeah. Which you don't need two minutes to do a baby impression. When you think back at like, you could have had two more minutes of 
Desi or Lucy doing anything. Sure. Fucking like just standing. Like I would have much preferred that to this weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My LVP uh, is that Jerry guy. The guy who brings over like the wills or whatever. Yeah, the attorney, their attorney who brings over like the liaison to the attorney or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like a manager or some shit. Like he was just like really hammy. Just I I don't know, man. He was just you could have figured out there could have been another way to have gotten that information across. It just wasn't good. He just bugged me. He just rubbed me the wrong way. I gotcha. Like. There were still things about Pepito that I was just like, well, I can't do that. You know, whereas like Jerry, it's like, fuck that guy. Put him out of a job. Jerry's not going to show up in my nightmares. That's a very good point. (laughs) I I totally understand. I think, again, like who knew it at the time? Sure. But this is this is like this is a, you know, a milestone in like good television. Yeah. And to sort of bring like your, you know, you know, just or just your standard like. Uh, sitcom, like, we were very histrionic, big acting to it. It's like, all right, take it down, Notch, dude. Just- well, uh, Pepito would appear twice more uh, on the series, yeah. Uh, must have been a friend of the family. Um, who was your MVP of the episode? It's a really hard it is. call. It's harder than you would imagine. Like, you're like, oh, we're going to watch I Love Lucy. It's going to be Lucy. For me, if it's easier for me to go first... Sure, go for it. I went with Desi. You'd go with Desi. I went with Desi, man. He uh Desi Arnaz really like had to do most of the lifting, I feel like, in oh. this episode. Absolutely. You know, I I would agree with that. And it's not to take anything away from Lucy, obviously. You know, it was just one of the best comedians, and not comedians, like a female comedian, just a great comedian of any gender. But uh, friend of the show and improv teacher and mentor Bill Arnett once uh, told us that back in the old vaudevillian days that the straight man would get paid more money than the wild card because again playing straight is such a such a very vital yeah thing in comedy and, and a it's thankless an, job a thankless job and harder than it looks a lot of yeah. the time too um, so I could definitely support that you know. Um, that's not to say that Lucy uh, wasn't pulling double duty. Yeah, here wasn't because, slacking. Well, she was six months pregnant during the taping of this. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> rewatch that in that frame. Also, whenever you ladies think you have a heart being pregnant, just think Lucille Ball <laughs> was fucking killing it on a pilot while so, she was doing it. So here's the story behind um, finding this pilot. Uh, because, as I said, it, it had originally been thought to have been um, lost. Uh, also, uh, real quick before that, uh, no Fred and Ethel. Um, right. Which would eventually, they those are apparently characters that uh, they still had in mind. They just hadn't found the right actors yet. Okay. Um, so, I guess that was still like in the meetings. It was like, but there's going to be another couple, and they'll get into hijinks. Yes. Um, so... Also, uh, Desi Arnaz was originally not ever supposed to be Lucy's husband. Um, he had never, like, on radio programs and stuff like that, he never played her husband before. And he was her actual husband. Yeah. And and so for this taping, uh, he was not supposed to be her fictional husband. Correct, yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Gail Gordon 
a guy named Gail Gordon uh, had played Lucy's husband on like radio projects and stuff in the 40s. Um, but yeah, producers eventually were like, no, dude, you got to be the you got to be the dude. Wow. Really? Yeah. Because that seems like a, a no. I mean, it's like, like it's last minute too. like last minute. It's one thing if your your husband or your you know partner, or whatever, it's not that charismatic, but fucking dead. It's pretty yeah. handsome, charismatic, like especially per, again, you know, you got to you, you do have to think of the times like America is not necessarily that familiar with any kind of Latin culture, but it's like he's like perfect ambassador you know like speaks really good english yeah. you know with a charming accent and is uh like you said the, the straight man chops on him oh that's good that's a really good like fate making it that way <laughs> so this episode was uh considered lost until the actual widow of pepito <laughs> came out and told cbs that she owned the only remaining copy um it actually, he was a friend of the family because uh, that copy was given to Pepito by Lucy and Desi as a gratitude uh, yeah. for the friendship. Everything happens for a reason, everybody. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. That was why Pepito was in this, exactly. this shooting. If Pepito was never in there to not give you nightmares, we, uh, we wouldn't have known. We would only have uh, lore. To read of. This is incredible. Oh, this is existing, yeah. I'm going to make this the sequel to Looper. <laughs> please do. Oh, please do. So, yeah. So, um, that's the, the original pilot episode. Yes. Um, who was your MVP, by the way? Was it Desi? I would, I would go with Desi okay, for that. Cool. Um, now, as far as the actual episode, to hit airwaves for people to actually see and consume. Yes. Uh, so, this episode, um, again, this is... Uh, Produced, obviously, mm, a superior quality, you know. Markedly improved. Incredible, just the, you know, movement, focus, everything, uh, the set design, all that yeah. stuff. And again, like you said, this would be the introduction of Fred Nethel. Yes. Um, who, uh, just real quick, like him? Not for him? Like him? Yeah, I like him. Uh, it's, it's weird. Like, are, like, what's their age? Like, they've been married in the pilot for 18 years. Yes. How old would you say Fred is? Like, 68? <laughs> He's pretty fucking old. Yeah, right? That's true. They must have... So they've been... They, they haven't been married that long for how old they seem. Yeah. Second marriage, you think? Maybe they got married when they were like... Shit, I have no idea. I'm yeah. trying to find... Like, back out the map... I Or the math, it'd be like... Fuck, I don't know. 35, yeah. 40 when they got married. Like, the nitpicky part of my brain. And I just always imagine if, like, people, like, in 1951 were also doing this. Yeah. It's like, how old is that motherfucker? Like, <laughs> like, really, though, you know? I don't know. And, and so, does it does it say, in the in this episode, did it give a number of years that, that Lucy and Desi have been married? I believe, if I remember correctly, it was 11 years. 11 years? 11 years. No kids. Yeah, no kids. Which eventually, uh, they would have a kid. They'd have little Ricky. Yes. Um, but yeah, no uh, no kids. No kids. no kids. So yeah, yeah. just so, you know, Fred Nethel and Lucy and Ricky. And the, the story of this episode is Fred and Ethel's anniversary is approaching. And the ladies 
particularly Ethel, says that for her anniversary, she wants to go to a nightclub. A Copacabana. Copacabana, have a nice time, go dancing. You know, what ladies like to do. For the fellas, uh, Fred is telling Ricky that what he wants to do is go to a steakhouse and then go to the fight. You know, go see some boxing. Hell yeah. And, you know, unbeknownst to each party, they sort of start plotting ways to smooth the other group into going with their plan. Yeah, they come to the conclusion, both parties do, of just, uh, hey, (laughs) and this is, I love this, hey, if we're just really nice to this person that we love... Maybe we can manipulate them into doing what we want to do. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, it just, it, like, I was just reminded of the thing that I, that I um, you know, about sitcoms that are frustrating. It's like, I like the ones that, where your main characters actually, you know, care about each other all the time. And not just, like, w- eventually. Yeah. When they realize they've been caught. So you do, you are a fan of, of the more... Just loving, more human approach of people actually giving a shit about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this one was just like, no, I'm going to twist and turn uh, this person that I love every which way I can to get what I want. Fucking no one was liked being married back in the day, it seems. I fucking. I wrote that down. There was like such a, a, a contempt for marriage and it was very cynical from the fucking get. Every, every grandparent couple that's all oh, we've been married for 50 hours years like they hated every second yeah it's it is it's so weird i mean that's maybe maybe the single largest just societal difference is just like man like people it's that there were social norms that people fucking hated but they just abided by like today we are in such an age where it's like you know, be comfortable, be who you are, yeah. you know, and it's like, and if you're not into marriage, if you're not into, you know, anything, he's like, you can be yourself. Or it's like, back in the day, like, fucking people hated each other. It was like the <laughs> ultimate, uh, uh, we talk about this, I think um, Spen- our friend Spencer uh, told us that he heard this first from uh, our friend Ricky, uh, that it's, you know, if you ever, like when I lost the new mics that I bought or whatever, because I left my bag out mm-hmm. somewhere and it got stolen. I paid an idiot tax for that. Like back then, marriage was the ultimate idiot tax. It's like you got yourself into this. Yeah. You're just gonna have to fucking deal with this. Yeah. And you know what? So is everybody. So hey, you know what? It's all right. Just fucking vent, I guess. I guess. It was weird, man. I don't, I don't know. That's the only I don't know. Just weird, uncomfortable part of it. So, anyways, um the episode, you know, it's sort of just this again, this is quicker. This is probably about twenty two minutes, would you say? Yeah, it was like 22, 23. Something like that. Yeah, much more traditionally length. So, um, again, you know, they're, everyone's plotting. Uh, for round one, uh, the couples meet up in the living room. Yeah. And again, sort of start enacting their plans. Yeah. You know, they're really being kind and a lot of um, sort of fun, sort of visual, visual yeah. humor and stuff. Yeah, good physical like, gags. Everyone's like, everyone wants to offer everyone else a cigarette. So everyone, all four of them go for the cigarette box at once. They drop it. Everyone pulls out their lighter. Was that a thing? Like the uh, cigarette oh, box? We're having our after dinner cigarette. Oh yeah. Like we're just having communal cigarettes. Yes. Like how I man, they, everyone hated it too. Yeah. Just like marriage. You had to fucking hate it. Everyone, everyone hated smoking. It, but we have to hate. It. Like we hate this. We're in a room where we're just filling this room with smoke that doesn't smell good. Yeah. Nothing about smoking even then was attractive, <laughs> or like was 
alluring. Like nothing would bring you to smoking. Not the the taste, not the smell of it. Like nowadays, you have flavored shit. Uh-huh. Like maybe if you had that back then. But even now, we have knowledge to deter us from that. Except for the fact that fucking kids love smoking again today. Yeah. It's amazing. Just the whole a, a, a nice night in the fifties was just filled with activities that nobody wanted to do. Like <laughs> nobody wanted to be married. Nobody wanted to go to dinner with anybody else. Nobody wanted to smoke, you know? And I feel like, mind you, th- they're doing all these activities for Fred Nethel's anniversary. Yeah. It's like, first of all, all right, I understand you might hate each other that much that you don't want to spend your anniversary together. I feel like they, uh, right out the gate, came out with a pretty level-headed, perfectly fine compromise. Hey, ladies, girls, go do you. We're going to go do us. Mm-hmm. Like... Everyone's, everyone gets to do what they do. You guys don't want to be with each other anyway. Yep. So, like, let's leave it at that. And that couldn't work because of jealousy? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's it's eventually like, what it does because then, like, it it takes that next step where it's jealousy and insecurity. But, you know, these are themes that they're not, they're not going to be overtly, like, you know, telling you that this was what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a nation as a whole, we were very jealous and insecure in 1951, obviously, obviously. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, Lucy and Ethel, uh, say that they're going to get dates. Yep. They're really going to amp up the jealousy. Yeah. They're going to make, they're going to make Ethel or Fred and Rick. I have such a hard time with the names because I want to call them Desi. Right. I I did it earlier. Yeah. Uh, we're really going to make the boys jealous. We're going to (laughs) get dates. And then they're like, oh boy, you know, it's like. Well, um, you know, we're going to get dates too, you know, and that's how the guys respond. And they, and all four realize like, we have no way of, of finding anyone to date. This was really fucking funny to me because, uh, then, um, Lucy's like, oh, I'll just go into my address book and call some of my old boyfriends, which is funny. And then cut to the guy's going to do the same thing. It's like. Oh, hey, uh, Ricky, can't you just go into your old address book and call some of your old girlfriends? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, nah, Lucy had me burn it when we got married. So she said it was an American tradition. Yep. Like, that was fucking, that's clever as fuck. It was. It that was, was really funny. funny. I think it's. I think it was great. It was just a hilarious, hilarious joke. Hilarious, like, Lucy would do that. Yeah. Like, Lucy loves Ricky enough that she wants to be with him forever, but she's also underhanded enough that, she would use tricks to do it. I'll say, like, the writing on this episode across the board, however much I may or may not agree with, like, the characters' motivations, was incredibly clever. It was very good. Like, whereas in the pilot, I was like, yeah, I'm sure some of this stuff was funny for, like, people in 1951, mm-hmm. and some of it made the translation. But, like, for the most part, everything that was supposed to hit in this episode hit. I checked the credits, and it, it is the same team. It's that Jess wow. Oppenheimer, a woman, Marge... Uh, Marge something and then uh, one more and then Bob someone but it's the same three writers on both episodes you know I also wouldn't be surprised if like some of these were just kind of like already uh, used right episodes or like used premises from some of the older radio shows as well so like they're already more fleshed out and everything I could could definitely see that yeah like we know this we know this we know the beats and all that stuff so yeah Um, yeah man Uh, and then so uh, Ricky then is just, oh, I'll know who I'll call. I'll call this singer from the club. She knows every girl in town. Um, and she'll find us some dates. Mm-hmm. 
And then cut to losing yeah. an Ethel. They struck out uh, in a very hilarious way. Yeah. Again, like you said, writing great, you know? Yeah. Everyone, Lucy just finds like everyone is either tied down or married or. Like, this is writing I would 100% see today. Like, well, you see this writing today. Yep. Um, and then so she goes, oh, we'll call this singer from the lounge. She knows every guy in town. She's like, what are they saying about this poor singer? Uh, I don't know. But yeah. And so she spills the beans. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, Ricky and Fred just called me about the same thing. And so then then Lucy hatches a classic style Lucy plan. Yeah, this is a Lucy plan. And this is when <laughs> like things really, really fucking ramp up and become. And it's like, all right, this is this is the hallmark of an episode of I Love Lucy. Yeah. Uh, of just like high hijinks. Yeah. And high comedy. And Lucy just like really given the springboard to just go. Yes. And I, I found it interesting that, you know, we couldn't go to the nightclub every night. You know, every episode we can't yeah. have Lucy just on stage. So I, f- I find that, you know, again, central to the series is finding these situations. You know, she's she's endorsing the Vita Mita Vegemin, yeah. getting wasted, or she's working at the chocolate factory. Yeah. It's like, give her, you got, it's like the alley-oop. You know, you got the you know got the setup. You got to lobber the ball, yep. and then she's just gonna dunk the shit out. And of she it. dunked <laughs> the fucking shit out of this man. Uh, so her and Ethel, Ethel like show up as uh, in disguise as Fred and Ricky's dates. Yes, um, and they're playing. Lucy's playing like this country like bumpkin type character. Exactly. I don't what I was know what say. Ethel's playing. Sort An of old like, spinster, maybe. Maybe. Um, but it's just Lucy in fucking sixth gear, fucking pedal to the metal, like 100%. Yep. Like, she going hard in the paint on this one. Oh, man. yes. And, you know, at this stage, Ricky and Fred have no idea. Mm. They just think these two really weird, really unappealing women have shown up, and they're very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Very aggressive. Uh, something happens to tip them off. They go to the other room, reconvene. Yeah. Uh, to like, you know, turn the tables on them again. Mm-hmm. A lot of table turning. A lot of table turning. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it reaches its conclusion. Um, everyone's happy, or so we see, or so it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, all right, let's all get dressed and we'll go out for a night. They don't say what night. Yeah. And then cut to like the post, like the little cr- the stinger sequence before yeah. uh, the, the credits roll, them at the fights. Yep. Uh, With Lucy and Ethel dressed up like they thought they were going yeah. to the nightclub. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I fucking I was not expecting on on liking it as near as much as I thoroughly and wholeheartedly enjoyed it. Yeah. I was full on expecting to like understand why it's legendary and iconic and see you know the threads that you know we still pull in comedy and sitcom writing today. But, like, nah, dude, it was fucking legit funny. Yeah. It's very palatable, like, how much of a good time it was. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can hear the audience, like, loving it. You can, like we talked about in the pilot, like, you know, there's people almost breaking from these situations. And, like I said, every, I think everyone was really enjoying doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, I'm, I, I'm really glad that you, you, you chose uh lucy for our show this week heck yeah did you ever like was this one of your nick at night shows growing up you know i do remember watching it um i did have a tendency as a kid like i did not like 
as like all cartoons. You know, I'd get like yeah. impatient with like live action, even like stuff like our generation. Like I never liked like Saved by the Bell or anything. Like if right. it wasn't a cartoon, I was like I was not into it. But no. um, so no, and not, especially it being black and white, I'm sure it was right a huge strike against it more as well. Just a weird novelty, but yeah, more of a strike against it than anything. So I can't say I've been you know much of a fan of these old shows. Uh, but more just yeah, you know, as an adult, just trying to look back and and check some of these things out. Yeah, know? I straight up. Um, who was your who? If you had to put an LVP on it again, we were only really uh, interacting with four different characters here. Yeah, if you had to put an LVP on it, who would you put it on? Well, um, and and this is more of a matter of who is least awesome more yeah. than who's really tanking things. One hundred percent. And it's for me, it's Ethel because Fred Fred had a way. He really pulled his weight. And was very distinctly yes. a character. And he had one or two outbursts that were pretty funny. Yeah. So it's gonna have to be Ethel. I mean, when you're when you're the only other woman in the room besides Lucille Ball. It's hard. Yeah, you're gonna be dim by comparison. She's again, like, she's ultimate she has to play Stockton there as well. Yeah. And just sort of like throw those lobs to Lucy. But like in the scene where they both show up, like, you know, as in the disguises and everything like that, like she just didn't really like she, she could have gotten a few things in, right? You know, and just, uh, you know, she was just there. Uh, but that doesn't mean to say that she wasn't stellar throughout the rest of the episode, which she really was, right? Like you said, it's a matter of who's the least awesome. Yeah, uh, MVP. And this one's gonna go to Lucy. One hundred percent. You just see Lucy just turn it on. You see what it is. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's it's so quality and. You just take for granted. You know, even other performers might think like, oh, I can be big on stage, but there's a... I've seen plenty of performers get like big and loud, and it's just not the same, you know? Well, because like, she had the package of, of having the ability to facially express, physically express, uh, uh, tonally express, yeah, yeah, vocally, timing. timing. Uh, she, she just had it all. She really had it all. You know, an, another another piece of wisdom received from someone in my life, I can't remember, but just, you know, the greats, they make it look easy. Yeah. You make it look like, you know, they make it look so natural. Yeah. And that's what Lucy did, like, this entire episode. And, you know, just because we are so far removed from all of that and and just generationally, I, I feel like... There are still those like big touchstones and, and hallmarks that, you know, have made their way through the years as being, you know, these big, large, looming, important things. And we know that because we're told that, you know, and Lucy's one of those things where we're told that. Yes. And like, so is, you know, I always use this example, but Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is the greatest film of all time, and it, it changed the way we made film and everything. Yeah. And this is where I sort of came up with the fucking concept of, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, but like, it's not the greatest movie of all time that's ever been made. I get how it changed the way movies are made, yeah. but it's not the greatest. I get it. Um, and that's how I feel like I was, I was in that zone with Lucy. Where it's like, I get it. I understand. It was huge. Also, not to mention, 1951, women being fucking hilarious. Women have always been fucking funny. Um, it's just, it was a lot fewer and far between that they were given the looks that Lucy was able to get. Mm -hmm. um, 
so like you know that's awesome yeah. that we're in a world where fucking like a lot more shots to be had yes um and so are you saying that now after watching these you can actually well, yeah back to my original point yeah was like it's not an i get it thing it's it's a oh no it's earned it's legit yeah it's really it's there. for real like go back and fucking i defy you not to fucking say that this do- shit doesn't hold up yeah because it does yeah i agree yeah hands down man hands down it was very fun pick it up pick it up how long do you have the stats on how many seasons this went for? I think this it went, went for like six seasons, but that's back when like seasons were like thirty five episodes or whatever. Yeah, there's probably got to be at least two hundred or so. Yeah, I don't see episodes. Yeah, you know, and again, a lot of just classic like moments and stuff. You know, like the again the chocolate factory, the endorsing the product. Yeah, you know what that one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, and that's another reason why I was like, you just you are told about that so much. You see the clip so much and you're just so inundated with it that you're, that you're over it. Yeah. And you're like, yes, I get it. This is largely important in comedy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But like, no, go fucking watch the rest of it and you'll understand like why. Yeah. That it really is. You'll understand all the fucking hoopla. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, great. I'm glad we both dug it again. Thank you for finding both. Um, yeah, pick it up. I'd watch more of it. I definitely think the, uh, the aired one was was more fun as a whole. Yeah, I mean it was a more polished product. Yeah, much down. more much more polished. And uh, yeah, but here, okay, let me ask you this: uh-huh. since we actually have this to do this now, um, based off the pilot, as a as an exec, do you pick it up? The uh, the unaired the pilot? unaired pilot. You you know you and your colleagues are the only one to see that on the only ones to see that. Maybe conditionally. Yeah. I think I would, but conditionally. I'd feel like I can... Let me kill that clown. Let me kill the clown. Um, We definitely need... I could pro- I could see why Fred and Ethel got you know brought or that they recognize like yeah we need the the yeah. other support let's round out the team. Um, I think I would I think I could see the talent that was there. Yeah. But I would not be convinced that it was they like it was fully optimized. You see that happening today, uh, and you know in there there's like a little nugget of it of just that investing in talent. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know exactly what the the full finished polished product's gonna be, but like. I know I want to hitch my wagon to them. Yes, I want to put some put some chips down on yeah. on these two. That's 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 smart network executive work. Exactly right there. Recognize the talent again. Bring it all the way back to FX. You know, you kind of you see these whether it's like the the bare bones, you know, always sunny videotape, mm-hmm. or just recognizing Louis' prowess. Yeah. You know, it's like you need to recognize the talent and give them a you know give them that chance you know platform yeah yeah cool man cool well i think that does it for this week well very good very good hey thank you all so much for listening to us you know we couldn't do this show without you as richard likes to say we really like this to be more of a dialogue than a monologue so there's a variety of ways that you can always reach out to us you can find us on Facebook by searching Picked Up Podcast. Uh, if you need be, if you ever need to send us an email, you can email us at 
pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. And our favorite way, you can find us on Twitter at pickeduppod. Uh, do we have any feedback we need to mention at all this week? Uh, yeah, actually, there was a, uh, I haven't heard back since, but there's a fledgling uh, podcast network that was just getting started. Let me get to them to pull them up, and then I can talk about exactly what it is that they do and where they're from and where you can find them as soon as I get to it because I was caught a little bit off guard, and so we <laughs> will get to them very soon. And let me just get to my media and know my likes. And then Pendulum Podcasts. Uh, yeah, at Pendulum Podcast. Uh, thanks. You know, we've followed them. They shot us a follow back, uh, and they uh, look forward to giving us a, a, a good hard listening, too. Awesome. Uh, Thank you, guys. So, and I, uh, I mentioned to them, like, good hard listening right back at you. Yeah. So check them out, um, and uh, we hope you guys like us. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Kudos to you, Rich. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> if you are interested in suggestion, suggesting a pick for us, we have a little process to go through. So, Rich, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, go ahead and qualify yourself by leaving us a review uh, uh, wherever it is that you receive uh, your podcast, be it iTunes, Stitcher, what have you. Um, let us know just to be double sure um, that you did it. Uh, and then, uh, so leave us a review. Yeah, I said on, uh, I said that. Um, as Robert said, I'll read it on air if you want me to and take advantage of it. Uh, and then leave your suggestion for what you want us to to watch uh, at our Facebook page. Uh, pick the podcast on Facebook, um, and uh, well, it'll be entered uh, into the pool of shows that we'll watch. That is right. Uh, we do pick listener picks every uh, every three or four shows. So yeah, definitely get it in there. Um, again, too, you leave us a review. We'll read it on air. I have a standing offer if you. Tweet me or ask me to. I will shotgun a beer. It is yet to happen. I cannot believe that is yet to happen. <clears throat> what are I'm you? I'm a little hurt, to be honest. <laughs> Please. Make a boy's dream come yeah, true. Help a, help a brother out, okay? Um, but yeah, um, in addition to this show, there are a number of quality shows that you can listen to on the Arcade Audio Network. We have a sister podcast, Married with Movies with Mullen and Sam, where they review films every week, uh, as well as a the flagship uh, Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment. Uh, but don't forget, uh, recent additions... Uh, Dilettante Ball with Friends of the Network and Friends in Real Life, Johnny and Spencer, with their random Wikipedia rundown, as well as previously mentioned Our Father podcast, headed up by Rudy Mendoza. So, a lot of great shows to be listened to. You can always find all that content and our content uh, by visiting arcadeaudio.net. And uh, even some more shows in the works. Yes, that is excellent. We got more and more coming for you, so uh, stay tuned. So for myself, Robert, for my uh, intrepid partner, Rich, thank you so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.